Hi, I'm Margie Namora, and welcome to another episode of our side dish, The Dream Dinner Party. This is the mini episode where we invite a guest to tell us all about their dream dinner party. We find out everything from their dream guest list to what they'd serve as the menu and where it would be held. There are very few rules. (laughs) I'm not very strict and the guests have free reign over their dream dinner party. This week, Nadia Hussein comes back to tell us all about her dream dinner party. Nadia's episode of Desert Island Dishes was a few years ago now, but if you haven't listened to it, you must. She's so warm and open. I think that's the great thing about Desert Island Dishes, if I say so myself, is that it's kind of evergreen. So it doesn't matter whether it was a few weeks ago or a few years ago, hopefully it's still a really lovely listen. Her new book, Nadia's Simple Spices, is out now and it's packed full of beautiful breakfasts, lunches and extraordinary family food in the form of Bombay potatoes, which look absolutely amazing, crispy leek biryani, and we're going to hear about some of the dishes in today's episode as well. So without further ado, here is Nadia's Dream Dinner Party. How do you feel about dinner parties? Do you get to throw them very often? Do you like them? So I've never had a dinner party. (gasps) Okay. I mean, I say I haven't had a dinner party. I always have people over. Like last night, um, I had my sisters over with my cousins and we had a lovely time. But what is a dinner party? Because... I always have people over. People always come around and eat, but I never, I never consider them dinner parties because mm. they're just people who are comfortable in my house who come over. And I make vats and vats of food. I stick them on the island, and I, I put out plates, glasses of water, and cutlery or whatever they need, and say, "There you go." And everybody literally eats for about four hours. They stop. They start. They get hungry again. They go back again. So I I suppose I haven't had a dinner party as such, like nothing sit down, you know, there's, it's nothing curated or Instagram friendly. It's just people who love each other who eat together. Mm. I think you're so right. Like there are so many different ways to have a dinner party in adverted covers. And I think the title dinner party can be a bit off-putting, but yeah, it's, it's, as you say, it's the act of sharing food with people that you love and having them in your house and doing that in whichever way you enjoy. So yeah, that sounds like my dream kind of dinner party. But we are here to talk about your dream dinner party. So we're going to start with the guest list. Who are you going to invite and why? So I would invite Robin Williams. Mm, yes. Yeah, Robin Williams, because I I still to this day, massive shock when he died. He was literally like part of my childhood, one of the happiest people that I remember it would be Robin Williams because, you know, if I had an opportunity to bring somebody back, he would be the person I'd bring back because I reckon I'd spend more time laughing than actually eating. I just, <laughs> uh, I was in awe of who he was and and how he had the ability to make people laugh and uh, make people feel good. So it mm. would be Robin Williams. Would you make him dress as Mrs. Doubtfire? Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. There's nothing more creepy than Mrs. Doubtfire. No, there is nothing more. Robin Williams, as he was, uh, nothing more creepy than Mrs. Doubtfire. I think about Mrs. Doubtfire every time I'm icing a cake because you know that scene where she puts her face in the cake when she hasn't yeah. got her mask on. I always think about that. But yeah, okay. So Robin Williams, that's a great start. Yeah. So Robin Williams, David Attenborough, living legend. <gasps> yeah. And probably the most interesting person ever. Can you imagine picking that man's brains? 
can you imagine the conversations that you would have with David Attenborough sat at your table? Um, I missed an opportunity a few years ago when somebody asked me to bake a birthday cake for him. <gasps> what? I know, what happened? I know. I, I was working and I just couldn't make it work. Literally the saddest time ever. Like I would oh. have baked a cake for him uh, over the Queen any day. But he has a birthday every year. It's not too late. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but can you imagine the conversations that you would have. I mean, he is, he's just so knowledgeable and he's so smart. He's lived such a wholesome life, you know, like, and I just, I would love to pick his brains. I would love to, I just, I can imagine the conversation being incredible. I mean, you've obviously met so many famous people. Would you get starstruck speaking to someone like David? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. I don't get starstruck. I meet people all the time and I genuinely, I don't know what it is, but I do not feel starstruck. I'd, yeah. But I think if I met him, because I think also because my dad adores him, my family, my son loves him, has read every single book he's published, absolutely loves him. So I think I would be starstruck for all of them. Um, mm. So yeah, because they all love him. We've grown up on him. Yeah. It would be David Attenborough for sure. Okay. Amazing. Next person would be my granddad. It would have to be because my granddad died when I was 10 and uh, he never, ever, ever got an opportunity to eat anything that I cooked. I never really cooked. So my granddad would have never, has never tasted anything I've ever cooked. And, and my granddad never ate cake because in Bangladesh, they didn't eat cake. So, and my granddad was a really hard worker. He was a farmer. So he ate well, he lived well. He had a really wholesome, organic life. Uh, everything he ate was from the ground that he'd grown himself. So he lived a really long life and, and he lived a really healthy life. So I would love to get some butter and sugar in him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would change his world. It would be like, he'd love it. It's going to blow his mind. Exactly. Also, I can see him getting on very well with Robin and David. Exactly. Yeah, my granddad had lots of stories to tell. He was very funny. He was very dry. He had a real dry sense of humour, but he was really funny and witty, but, and he'd lived a really so interesting life. And, and I think he'd have so many great stories to tell. And I think because someone like David Attenborough and my granddad, even though they're probably similar sort of age, they would, if he was alive, they'd be similar ages. Their lives are polar opposites. Mm. I think they'd, ha they'd be really interested to talk to each other. It'd be interesting to watch them two talk. Yeah. And after all the amazing things that have happened to you and your career, what do you think he's going to make of that? I think he'd be really proud. I think yeah. he'd be really, really proud because... My granddad, you know, he never stepped foot in this country. He was always in Bangladesh. He was a farmer his whole life. So I think he would have been really proud of, of what I'm doing and, and how I've kind of really, I suppose, cemented myself as a British person. Because for him, you know, like as, you know, as my, my parents are immigrants, you know, still really struggle to call themselves British. You know, like, I think he'd be really proud to see me right in the center of it all. I think he'd be really proud. Yeah, he definitely would be. Okay, this is sounding amazing. Who's the final guest? Muhammad Ali. Mm. Muhammad Ali 100% anytime I get asked this question he is always on the top of my list because we grew up watching Muhammad Ali uh, my dad loved boxing and we watched him and for us I suppose it, it, there's a different love for Muhammad Ali not just because he was an incredible boxer but because he was a Muslim uh, because he became Muslim later on in life oh did he yeah so he was he was a Muslim Muhammad Ali was a Muslim yeah. he, named him, he, he named himself after the prophet and and he was the only, I was in LA not recently and I was looking for his, um, uh, in the Hall of Fame, I was looking for his star and <clears throat> his star was the only one that was uh, put on a wall. 
because he refused to put our prophet's name on the floor where people walk <gasps> on it. So his star is of the hundreds of stars, thousands of stars that are on that floor. Muhammad Ali's name is the only one on a wall. Wow, I never knew that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah because he's just said it's disrespected to the prophet and yeah. I walk, have people walk on it. And so for me, I suppose somebody like Muhammad Ali, he was so it's so inter- it would be so interesting to talk to someone like him because as a convert, as somebody who came to Islam later on as, as an adult, mm. it'd be interesting to pick his brains as to why he he came to Islam and what it was. Because I was born into Islam. So, you know, it was something that I was born into and something that I found much later on in life personally. But for him, you know, to find it as an adult, I'd be I could pick his brains and 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 his ethos and the way he spoke and the and the way he carried himself was like it, it it just fills you with pride. I would just love to see what he was like, like, and just talk about religion. Of all the dinner parties we've had, I feel like this is going to have to be the longest because there are going to be so many amazing conversations that need to happen. <laughs> yeah, we've got funny, <laughs> we've got animal guy, <laughs> got my granddad who's got lots of colourful stories, we've got Muhammad Ali. So like, I mean, we've got religion, everything. We have everything. I love that we're calling David Attenborough animal guy. Yeah, because that's what what my son called him. Until he was young, (laughs) until he knew who he was, he called him the animal guy. It's a good title. I think he'd be very happy with that. I think he would. So start by setting the scene. Where is this dream dinner party going to take place? At home, in my house, because I think they're the best dinner parties. Mm. I think they're the ones that you do in the comfort of your own home. And like, I, I know lots of people do dinner parties where you can kind of take hire out places and, and things like that. But like, I would do it at home because home yeah. is where I, I'm most comfortable. And I have, uh, my dining table is actually in my conservatory. So it's lovely because it's all glass. And so when it gets in the evening, when it gets really dark, you can see the stars. <gasps> so we don't have blinds in our conservatory. We do have sails in our conservatory to stop the light from coming in. You can just unclip the little sails and then you can look up and it's a beautiful kind of, you can see the stars. So I think that's where we have all of our dinners. So it would be at home in Milton Keynes uh, in our conservatory. Also something quite cool about having all of those people actually just round to your house. I think that's a flex. Yeah, that is. Yeah, definitely a flex. <laughs> um, and when you're having people round, I mean, I know you've already said it tends to be, you know, your family and your friends who you know really well, but what time would you ask them to come? And, and what time would you actually want them to arrive? It would be early evening. I don't like the idea of somebody coming and sitting down to dinner straight away. Um, I I like the idea that we're kind of still milling around. Um, You know, like sometimes, like even yesterday when my sister was here, like she's like, shall I put the plates out? I'm like, yeah, go and put the plates out. And so, you know, it's just like everybody kind of mucking in, doing stuff together, having a chat. So it doesn't feel so formal because sometimes I think dinner parties can feel formal and they can make you kind of not be yourself. And I think Mm. if I've got such amazing people who I want to get lots of, great information out of and great conversation, I would just make it as chilled as possible. So early okay. evening. So like I would normally go for like six. Okay. And and you say to people come for six and do you mean that? Or do you mean like, can you come closer to seven? No, I, I don't do Bangladeshi time. Okay. You know, like we have Bangladeshi time where you say six and everybody turns up at eight and everything has gone cold. I am not okay. about that. I am very British like that. I mean, when I say six, I mean six on the dot. So yeah, no mucking around. And I and I don't do things like, I hate when people say to me, kind of head out around four-ish. I'm like, no, no, no. 
you know I'm like no yeah. I don't care when you head out but you need to be here for exactly this time so I'm very much about timekeeping so yeah okay so once everyone's arrived how do you begin is everyone going to have a drink maybe a little canapé or an appetizer how does it start okay so um this is uh this is how I do it and this is how we do it in Bangladesh like this is how it's done we don't do drinks we do a cup of tea Ooh, nice you walk in straight away and you have a cup of tea with a samosa oh heaven what kind of tea so just a like a, a chai so slightly with a bit of a few spices in it cardamom cinnamon bay leaves uh milk really lovely and sweet and then you have that with a pinch of salt and a bit of ginger so it's really delicious and so you have a nice hot cup of tea with a delicious samosa like a big one mm, that sounds amazing okay we could kind of stop there yeah, well, you could, couldn't you? But that's how we traditionally do it. When somebody comes to your house, you give them a cup of tea with some samosas. So it's always sweet and savoury together. Uh, and it's usually like a lamb samosa or a chicken samosa. And yeah, like a plateful, go for it, enjoy. And then like that just kind of gets it going. So it's a bit like the kind of, I suppose, the English version of of something bubbly, maybe with with a canapé. But we go the, we go the other way around and kind of go for like a sweet chai and uh, a samosa. Yeah, I love that. I think I'm going to have to adopt that. That's yes. an amazing start to the evening. And tell me, do you play music? Is music a big part of your life? Um, I love I love classical music. I really love, and I've really gotten into cellos. I love the sound of a cello right now. Uh, I don't know what it was. A couple of weeks ago, I really enjoyed listening to, I, I heard a piece of music and I was like, I love the deep depth of a cello. And I was like, I think I want to learn how to play a cello. And then I realized that I bought a piano about five years ago that I still don't know how to play. So I was like, let's not, the cello is quite a big instrument to put in, in the house, but I love cello. So I love classical music. I think classical music and just music with no lyrics. I, I could think it's for me, I get distracted by lyrics because if I can hear lyrics and I know the lyrics, then I'll start singing or I'll start mouthing the lyrics. I find them very distracting when people are around. Um, so it's either complete silence or cello, like just classic music. Okay. I think that would be nice background music for the dinner party. Yeah. But usually when I play music it, or classic music, it's covers of songs I know. <laughs> so bit in between, bit in between. <laughs> that sounds good. Okay. So it's now time to sit down. And where are you going to seat everyone? Everybody would go and sit down in the conservatory and that's where I would kind of put everything out. So I wouldn't do like, I don't do starters, main, dessert, but okay. I did kind of, yeah, but you know, there is an order. I do think there is an order, I think, okay. in, in which people normally eat. So um, kind of throw everything on the table and let everybody help themselves. Okay, this sounds amazing. So talk me through the menu. What are you serving? So I'm serving chicken wings because you've got to get your fingers in. I think I like, we eat with our hands. So it's very abnormal to eat with. We don't normally eat with cutlery or anything like that. So I mean, I don't know if that's how David Attenborough eats uh, or, or, or Robin Williams, but I know my granddad would be very comfortable. Yeah, I think everyone would be comfortable. Yeah, I think also when you eat with your hands, you have to kind of let go a little bit. There's a kind of mm. element of, because uh, I was in LA a couple of weeks ago and I was I was eating crab and the crab, it was in its shell. So you, you get mucky, you put an apron on and you get mucky and you get it everywhere. I think when you eat with your hands, it's a bit of an icebreaker because you can Definitely. just... Definitely. Do you know what I mean? You don't... And, I, and also, and I just say, I hate the clattering of cutlery. Mm, I can see that. You know, when you're in a restaurant mm. and you can hear everyone's cutlery, I can't stand that. 
or what happens when it like someone's cutting really vigorously and you can hear yeah. the squeak on the plate that's quite bad yeah but then when you're in a restaurant all you hear is cutlery and I find mm. that noise so distracting so I love it when we eat together because we only eat with our hands so there's no noise of cutlery and I love the peace that comes with eating mm. with your hands so um yeah, I'd go chicken wings, hands in, lovely, delicious, kind of sticky, really aromatic chicken wings. Uh, and then I'd go for, uh, I'd, again, in the middle of the table, I'd go for a watermelon rind curry. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, so it's watermelon. Uh, and then you know, whenever my kids eat watermelon, I take the rind off, take the green peel at the back off, and then I chop that up and I cook that in a curry with lots of spices, lots of coconut milk, and it is absolutely delicious. Wait, that sounds incredible. So you cut the green bit off, so you're left with just the white bit. Yeah, so you're left with a kind of fleshy white bit. You get mm. rid of the of the kind of the green bit is much harder to eat. Um, it kind of, it's quite thin and quite hard and papery, so you can't really chew that very well. So you peel the watermelon. Uh, you cut the watermelon itself out, give it to the kids, and then you cook the rind. I don't ever throw away rind. It's delicious. Wow. Okay. I have to try that. That sounds incredible. Okay. This is sounding delicious. Yeah. So I do watermelon rind curry, and then I would do a beef balti. So like thinly sliced beef cooked with whole lemon. So you slice up the whole lemon and cook that. And that really helps to tenderize the meat and gives that really delicious kind of citrus flavor. Um, and I would serve that with a ghee rice. So basmati rice cooked with, um, and, and just kind of tossed with clarified butter. So it's just like, mm, so good. Yeah. So that would be the kind of savory. That sounds absolutely incredible. And are people still drinking tea at this point? No, by this point I would be giving sort of things like, um, I like to serve a mocktail. So I love doing things like, um, I love making mocktails with mint, apple juice, uh, sparkling water, bit of lime, so, yeah, so I love making a mocktail with either lime or grapefruit. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Okay, yeah. delicious. Okay, so now they've had their savoury. What are you thinking about for sweet? Oh, we come away from the dining table and we okay. retire. We, we don't do dessert at the table. No, okay. never. You come away from the table, you leave the mess for the children to tidy up when when, when everyone's gone. Just leave everything as it is. And then we retire to the living room. I love the sound of that. That's where we have our dessert. We never have dessert at the table. It's always, come on, let's everybody go sit down, get comfortable and uh, let's go and have some dessert. And for me, it would probably be my badam cheesecake, which is a cheesecake made with nuts and phyllo pastry. So layers of sort of phyllo pastry, buttery with layers of pistachio in between. Um, and then it's um, like a cheesecake that's baked inside with lots of, um, pistachios on top served with the rose syrup uh, and it's got like cardamom in it so it's like really really delicious wow that sounds incredible yeah it's like that's I mean like I and, and I would leave it a gap between having dinner and having dessert because if you're going to have dinner and then have dessert like a cheesecake then you need a bit of a gap so mm. in between there I would normally like um sit and I normally get games out so things like I have um I have lots of different sets of cards that have got conversation starters. So you ask each other questions. Uh, and, and normally I do this with my family, but if there's people there that I don't know, I think it's even better because you yeah. really get to know someone. Um, and, and I was doing this just last night with my sister and my cousins. And, and the question that, I mean, because we clearly talk a lot because we only got through one question. And the question was, <laughs> if you could go back in time, 
to one place in your life, where would it be and what would you change? Or would you change it at all? So um, see things like that, you know, like you wouldn't think to ask those questions, but little cards like that are so good when you're having a dinner party just to get conversations started or getting people to really kind of think about Mm. something. Yeah, getting to know people a bit better. Mm, mm, Yeah. Mm. Okay, that sounds really good. Also, when you're thinking about this particular dessert, did you design that with your grandfather in mind? When I, well, this was kind of a riff on the flavors that I grew up with. Uh, Mm. So I grew up eating things like rose syrup, pistachios, cardamom. So these are all kind of very traditional flavors for me. Um, And a a cheesecake to me is like not traditional in any way in terms of Bangladesh cuisine. But I love to mix the two. I love mixing the two up. Yeah. So I I think it's such a great combination to mix the two and and have that. So yeah, it just kind of, again, this was one of those recipes that I kind of came up in in the middle of the night. I thought, oh, I haven't ever tried like the crisp of a phyllo with a cheesecake because we're used to kind of the crumbly base or the pastry base. Uh, so I thought that would be quite a, a fun thing to do. And it was, it worked out very, very well. Yeah. And you've kind of already answered this. And I think this might be the best solution ever. When you have people around, you get the children to do all the clearing up. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't do any of the clearing up. You know, whenever I have anyone around, uh, uh, we all eat, but the kids all kind of will come and muck in afterwards and they will help me because that's the best thing about having teenage children. Yeah. Perfect. That sounds like a great solution. And of all the people, so obviously not including your grandfather. So the other three of all of the people that you've invited to the dream dinner party, who do you think you'd be most likely to keep in touch with? Oh, I think the person that I'm most likely to keep in touch with probably Muhammad Ali. I think Mm. of all of the people, I think it would be Muhammad Ali. I think because I suppose we'd have so much in common. Uh, I think we'd have so much to talk about. And I think there's something beautiful about having anything in common with someone, whether it's the same sense of humor, whether it's a background, whether it's a religion, whatever it might be, you know, having something in common with someone is such a a beautiful way to keep a connection. So I think it'd probably be Muhammad Ali. And then finally, a very important question. When you have people around, what time are you hoping they'll have gone home by? This is why we start (laughs) dinner parties early, (laughs) is to get them out quickly. Yeah. What time are we talking? Oh, I mean, latest 11. Oh, oh, okay. That's later than I thought you were going to say. I mean, I said that because I thought that might be the polite thing to say, but latest <laughs> 10. Latest okay. 10. I, I, I yeah. was being polite. I'm sorry. You, you, you <laughs> sussed me out. Uh, you got me. Uh, 10, if that. Yeah. Because like by 9.30, I'm not even... like My husband says that I turn into a wolf after 10. <laughs> It's just because I can't, I just, I'm, I'm early to bed, early to rise. And I can't, if I sleep late, I do not function properly the next day. Mm. I hate, hate how I feel when I don't sleep properly. So I love, you know, I love going to bed really early and like, like taking a half an hour to just wind down, get the phone out, read a book, just really kind of really, really wind down. So I, 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 I need that time. That's why I start early and finish finish early okay well that sounds perfect to me nadia (laughs) that was your dream dinner party thank you so much thank you so much so there we have it nadia's dream dinner party is over the food has been eaten the guests have gone home i do hope you enjoyed today's episode and make sure you're subscribed to catch all episodes of the dream dinner party and desert island dishes thank you so much for listening bye